Welcome to Connected, a podcast with Jess. That's me. Connections are the secret to a whole life. Recognizing the connections between us and within us, mind, body, and soul, reveals the fullest potential of our humanity. Join me as I discover what connects us to each other and to ourselves. Your mind, body, and soul were not meant to live disconnected from each other. Putting all the beautiful parts of you into one breathtakingly whole experience is what you deserve. As a life coach, I work to support your story. Together, we can set free the story of you. I bring guests onto my show so that you can hear powerful stories of other women all across the world. I want you to see how profoundly important living and telling stories is. You can find out more about working with me on my website at jessicatravis.com. I hope to hear from you soon. Welcome back to the Connected Podcast. Um, I have, um, I think this is going to be a fun conversation. I have a fun guest today that um, is somebody I've been working with in a mastermind um, group that has just been very collaborative and very supportive and over the last six months. And um, I just find um, her story um, very interesting and I wanted to share her with you. So um, today I have Jenna Dale. So welcome, Jenna. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, so I get to, um, the privilege of often knowing my um, my guests. It doesn't always happen that way. And um, I know Jenna through, um, through the coaching platform. So um, I still have a lot of questions as to who you are and what your story is about. But um, I have just found you to be somebody who has challenged me in the area of intimacy and what that actually looks and feels like. Um, so I'm really excited about this conversation because I know that's where we're going to go today because <laughs> um, your story is just, um, uh, it, it's it's like this undertone of, I think, um, my experience with you so far, this is an undertone of who you are. And mm-hmm. so... Um, I, I love to let you, um, let my guests um, introduce themselves, um, how they want to be known to the world. So, Jenna, who are you? <laughs> Your guests must love that question a lot. <laughs> it, it might stump them a few times. Right. Um, being asked so poorly, like, who you are is just... Um, oh, it's the heart pounding. <laughs> it's very intimate and... And you don't know what you're going to answer from day to day. I think it's like, it's one of those funny questions where, you know, like, how do you want me to answer that today? Because it'll change depending on my mood and the way I'm viewing myself lately. Um, But who I am in terms of outward facing in the world, 
Um, you know, I'm a poet. I'm usually first and foremost a friend to most people in my life, even if we're related or we're in partnership. Um, always a confidant is a word I've always come back mm. to for people. Um, I dabble in some art. I dabble in some tarot readings behind the scenes for people who reach out behind the scenes and want that. Um, I also support others in like assistant roles, creative virtual assisting, because creation is my thing. I like to call myself a creatress because even though I am doing poetry in the world and I'm helping people and doing all these different things, the undertone of what I do is, as you said, intimacy and creation. You know, I always has, have to have that creative um, little bit in there. And I think that's why intimacy is so run through my life deeper and deeper and deeper. It challenges me because um, to be intimate is to create intimacy. It, it's not just there, we create it. And, and um, I think it's a fun process sometimes. And sometimes it makes me want to pull my hair out and run away <laughs> and avoid. Um, but it is uh, like everything is a co-creation, I, I truly believe. So that's who I am outwardly facing to the world. If you end up following me, you know, if you're talking to me, like these things will come through. Um, I also hold space for communities, which I do for some people to support them um, and then inward facing I'm a homebody you know I'm I'm a spacious morning person I can live all day in my pajamas if I want to <laughs> other days I need to get out um, and be in the world I love being you know COVID's been hard because I love being in a group of strangers working like with mm. the hubbub around me and other days I can't manage that I really have my own rhythm and flow in life. So it looks different from day to day. I change my mind a lot. If you know me, you know I change my mind a lot. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I'm also someone who um, has another, along like running beside the intimacy behind the scenes. And I think it comes through my poetry is I deal with a lot of codependence in my life. Um, mm. I kind of, I kind of grew up in a household that was very independent and being the youngest, my siblings were gone by the time I was like a teenager, like 13, 14. And just, you know, it was always one of those go to your own zone. And that's mm. how we lived. And um, if not, then it was like a blowout, usually <laughs> a very loud family and uh, things. And then that just carried through. And I started um, dating in high school and I didn't stop. And I had these long, long-term relationships from the time I was 16 to 30 almost, um, where I wasn't single. I had two very, very long relationships and thought that that's just you know, how it was supposed to go and um, just exhausted me inside those relationships, you know, in your 20s, trying to figure out what you're yeah. doing, being so unconscious too, because you're not, you, I can say now I was trying to figure out what I was doing. Yeah. And back then, I was not, you know, I didn't see myself then, you're very just 
doing what you're supposed to do. And yeah. when I exited that after my pulmonary embolism, which you can ask me about later because yeah, yeah, it's such a yeah. big topic. It um, is a big topic. But, but um, you know, it took a bit of time after that I ended up leaving. And then I spent five years single, um, which was amazing. And it, and it gave me a whole different kind of wake-up call and started looking at myself more. And um, that's when I realized just how my life had become everybody else. Like if you had asked me who I was at 28, my answer would be filled with the names of other people. Mm. It would be filled with what I do for them and how I help them. And now I can talk about myself a little bit more. Um, mm. And so now I'm with someone again, um, navigating relationship intimacy, codependency on like a whole new level. So that's kind of a little bit of my life story there. A little bit. Wow. A little bit. A um, lot of bit. <laughs> a lot of bit. Um, you know, there's a question that comes to mind. There's, well, I mean, you said a lot of things that I want to come, mm -hmm. I want to circle back to, but yeah. um, one of the things that's striking me is that um, this, these two words seem to be um, kind of uh, in a dance with each other, intimacy and codependency. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, um, do you feel like the 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 nature of you, this intimate intimate nature of you, um, was a contributor, um, or a I don't know um, was connected to this uh, relationship with codependency? Like, mm -hmm. do they do they dance together, or are they something very different for you? Something that you can put in separate categories, or do you see them very overlapping in your life? Uh, they're very overlapping. They're very overlapping. In fact, I would say they're almost the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, it, but it's your relationship that changes whether it's coded, like not your relationship with the other person. It's your relationship to your own sense of giving that decides if you're in codependency or if you're in intimacy. Mm. So what I mean by that is I often use the word sacrifice, which I know can be like, ooh, for some people. Right. But the definition of sacrifice is to offer up something precious willingly into the unknown. Ooh, and that's like what that we're definition. doing. Yes. Right? When I read that, I was like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's an offering. It's something precious because it's us right? Yeah. And then it's into the unknown. Like we can't hold an expectation with our own intimacy of what will happen afterwards. That's that trust piece. And I think that that's such a great, that is how I look at intimacy. And that is how I look at codependency. Both of mm. those things, you're offering up something precious into the unknown. So do you feel like early on in those longer relationships that you had in your younger self, mm -hmm. did you feel like um, that was muddled water, that um, that the codependency led more than the intimacy, but coming from that vein of uh, need and desire for intimacy? Absolutely. Absolutely, because it the definitions may feel the same, mm -hmm. right? That you're sacrificing of yourself. 
um, in some way. And it, it's our relationship to it. Um, so, for instance, me, I'm 16 or 28 and beyond, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is not something that has disappeared. Right, you know? right. Um, but my relationship to sacrifice of myself, now whether that's my energy, you know, like, I'm just going to do this for you. I'm just going to do all the chores. I'm just, you know, I'm going to do up your resume and let me just handle that for you. And um, you're still giving so much of yourself and that's precious energy. And I was doing it to get, I was doing it because I was in a dynamic where I was not being given to. Mm. So like there's, you either give and the person gives back in a healthy way or someone else is giving and you give back. And that's like the healthy dynamic, which I think, you know, I still kind of struggle with the give, give back, but I get better because I've been, you know, working on this a long time. Right. Um, but back then it was doing it under a veil. It was doing it out of expectation. And it was doing it with someone who couldn't always meet that back and also shouldn't have if I wasn't being clear. Hmm. Right? Like even the best person will not give back if we're not being really clear that we want that. Um, especially when people have their own things going on. Uh, Sometimes we have to be really clear. And so like that younger version of me was very like, okay, well, I'm going to do all these things. And the expectation is if I'm not giving it to the unknown, I know what it's supposed to do, right? This is me. (laughs) I know what it's supposed to do. You're supposed to give back to me and it can only be that which means you're not giving, you're missing that piece of giving to the unknown. You're giving to expectation, you're giving to reward, right? I get a reward for this. And my Mm. reward is you giving back energy. And I mean, relationships just don't work on reward and punishment, right? Right. Um, So that was the relationship that was, that, that was the undertone. And um, for me, that just led to a lot of burnout, a lot of unhappiness, a lot of confusion, a lot of heartbreak, all those things that we experience when we offer the beginning part of intimacy and attach to the outcome Mm -hmm. instead of seeing what happens into that unknown and then deciding from there, right? Like, eventually it got to a point where you're like, oh, I, I do offer these precious things. And what comes back is not for me. So mm-hmm. I need to stop offering the, like the preciousness of myself to this and this person. And I need to just kind of um, make my way down mm-hmm. the road kind of thing. Was this a, was this a, uh, switch for you was it a moment in time or was this a very gradual process that you just began working towards a different kind of relationship with intimacy with codependency or was there just was there a catalyst that you know you mentioned burnout but sometimes for some of us we we go through burnout and we do it again and we do it again and we do it again and we don't understand why we keep landing here um but for some people a burnout, a moment of burnout is a wake-up call. So I'm curious for you if 
kind of where you landed in that, if it was if it was this gradual growth process or if there was this moment? I would say it was both. And and like it has to be both because as much as we can have a moment, like we uh that part of us grows back like overnight. Does it not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we can yeah. be really yeah. <laughs> on the ball one day on whatever we're working on that we have had a wake up call and the next day. And it doesn't even mean that we always thinking of extreme behaviors. It doesn't mean we always participate, but that part of us that wants to is like awake yeah. <laughs> is banging on the door. Like, and for those behaviors that aren't say like life threatening or things, cause I want to give it, give experience to people who have to have a wake up call and not do the thing they're doing in extreme circumstances. But for us who are working on these little everyday like relationship or, you know, our relationship to ourselves, I mean, it's so easy to just go do it the next day. Like that part of us just goes back. So um, I had a moment of wake up. And it was a moment of anger with a partner where I was yelling at my partner because that is how I dealt. I was holding on to so much resentment um, because, I mean, how can you not when you give something precious yeah, and it's yeah. not held? And so you hold this anchor so much and um, it would just, you know, like the pop bottle analogy, just like you just snap and I'd go mm. off one day and um, he just kind of stood up and said, you never need to talk to me like this. And he just walked away and no one had ever said that to me before in a mm. fight. They'd always join me in the fight. Um, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. um, that was a huge wake up. I always talk about that moment because for some reason I heard that no one had ever mm. in the heat of a moment said it quite like that before. And, um, I can't say it was perfect, but I always remember that moment. And it was a wake up call that like, why do I have so much anger? Mm. You know, and so that was the wake up call. And then I'm still working on it. It's the gradual process. (laughs) And it's, it's like continuing. It was so slow. Um, Like it started with really looking at whether I was happy in my relationship and whether I had intimacy and trust with that person, it went to actually telling them that I didn't. And we needed to move on and, and move away from each other. And, um, and then it moved into speaking more. Like I needed to speak more of what I felt out to other people. And I always just kept the word practice. I'm just going to practice this today with this person. Mm. Like even if I had to plan, not plan ahead the whole conversation, but plan a phrase that I could remember, it, you know, in a moment to say. And um, that was very clear so I didn't have to ramble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with myself which was happening a lot um and I just started practicing even just a little bit from stuff I was seeing like here's how to set a boundary here's how to do that and I was just like mm-hmm. just like and I picked a person that I felt you know uncomfortable but also safe with like this person mm-hmm. had always treated me well um on that extent and you know it would be okay <laughs> sort of thing and I just kind of moved out from there and it got easier and it got easier with other people. And 
Um, and then I started doing the inner work part and uh, really got like the support that I needed, uh, which I think we forget in the world of, you know, Instagram, <laughs> um, which was very helpful. Like back then I had Pinterest, Instagram was not as big, um, but you're learning these little tidbits that get you started. And then, you know, I did need to invest and get support from a coach to work through um, all that inner stuff that that was like the root. Um, and I'm still working on the roots of the thing. So even outside of that space, now that I've moved on from that space, I it continues to come up deeper and deeper and deeper. And I continue to find spaces that support me and I continue to practice and I continue to learn and then I continue to unlearn and then I continue to realize all things you know, are, it's like different things, different days. You can't hold on mm -hmm. to one particular way to deal with it. You just keep navigating it. And even it's funny that this conversation has moved really into intimacy because um, it, it's been an initiation here this fall again, mm -hmm. um, looking at deeper parts of how I'm intimate um, with really close people in my life. Um, so that, so both, I think you have a wake yeah. up moment. Um, and then I think it's a long-term, long-term process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love the word you used practice. Um, it, it takes the, um, expectation of arrival away, allows us the space to say, mm -hmm. I may need to do this a few times and I can start to practice this, um, one experience that I've had with codependency has been a loss of my own voice or my own knowing. Mm -hmm. And um, even to the minor things of what do I actually like? Um, yes. And those are those are seemingly, um, they see, feel like superficial questions, but they really actually take you quite deep mm -hmm. into knowing who you are. And um, I'm starting, as I'm listening to you, um, you know, I'm, I'm becoming more aware um, that codependency is this, uh, the codependency is this exchange where, where I take on someone else's voice um, mm -hmm. for the um, sake of the relationship, the other person's needs, the other person's um, uh, wants, desires, other person's intimacy in a sense. Um, and I exchange uh, the things that I need or want other than maybe an expectation, like you said, of needing something back. Like there has to be a, a give back in that giving of codependency or mm -hmm. that giving in a codependency relationship. And, and I, so I'm curious as you talk about intimacy now for your life, where does that draw come from? Um, because I I know in some of the conversations that we've had outside of this podcast, we've talked about um, a little bit of that personal intimacy, um, intimacy with self, and then um, there's this intimacy that we have with other people, um, and how your art and your creative processes engage both of those. So I'm curious if that uh, that um, the intimacy that you know now. Does that draw, did it need to draw from a knowing of yourself 
um, at the level that you were choosing to know others. Mm. I need you to say that again. That felt big. <laughs> uh, so, so when I think of codependency, I think of it's a there's a focus on the needs and the, and the the giving towards another person, like mm -hmm. you said, with expectation and return of at some mm -hmm. level. But if if you're talking about true intimacy, intimacy with self and the intimacy that you know now, yeah. does that draw from the knowing of yourself more than the knowing of someone else like codependency um, does? Whew. Here's, here's what I have to say. <laughs> mm. I always preface that when I'm about to say something that yeah. wasn't quite the answer is that actually both are about mm. you. Mm. Codependency was never about the other person. And if we're still there, I send you a lot of compassion. But the other person has nothing to do with your codependency. They didn't mm. meet your need. That doesn't mean they're codependent. Gotcha. You're codependent. You're codependent. The funny thing about codependency is we call it co, but it's like me dependent. I do mm. everything for you. Unless you're on the other side, because there are our two sides of like, I, I think I speak to a lot of women who take what we would call the over-functioning side, which means we're the giver. And then there's what we call the under-functioning, which doesn't sound very nice, um, but it's the person who's the taker is how like us, we see them as if you identify as the over-giver. Uh, the overfunctioner, the person who's always give, 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 and I would like to get back through my giving, and I take care of them and I match them. And so, if you're that person, it's about you. Mm. If you're the other person who's like, we call it kind of like the fawning, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I will be like, I cannot handle anything, and people will take care of me. Um, I'm going to put a pin in that because I don't experience it. So I can't speak to that type gotcha. of codependency. Um, and that's like the other person in the situation. So you can be both. And sometimes people act out both. Like one day they'll be the person who's like, you need to help me. I, I'm powerless. You need to help me, which is a, a total type. Mm. So I don't want to like forget about them in this equation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other day you can be the and um, um, and and the person who just takes it all on for other people, um, because you know you can probably do it better or faster, or um, it'll take it off their shoulders, or you're being helpful. Um, so just want to put that out there. I'm not forgetting yeah. about those people who are codependent in that way. I'm going to speak to my experience, which is being the overgiver. Um, so mm -hmm. when I talk about codependency, usually I'm speaking from that narrative because it's mine. Gotcha. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I yeah, can't speak absolutely. to the other one because I haven't yet been the other one. We'll see what happens in life. But um, so that said, both intimacy and codependency to me are about us. And so it always starts like here within mm -hmm. because when we're acting, when we're doing that offering, right, that sacrifice, that giving preciously of our energy in a codependent way, it's saying, 
you know, I don't get a lot of validation from my partner verbally, you know, or with their actions. And I really want that. So I'm going to give, give, give and hope that I get back. And so what we're saying is I feel validated. Mm -hmm. I feel worthy. I feel good. It makes me feel better than I do when I do nothing and there's not giving back. Mm -hmm. At least I feel like I'm giving. And so if we stop doing all that, there's no give and take. And so there's, there's no intimacy. There's mm-hmm. no, no, none of those intimacy needs are getting gotcha. met. Gotcha. And so we do it to feel better. We build our egos up and we build our sense of validation up. And at least then we can live with ourselves. We feel like good people. Gotcha. Yeah. Because if we stop, there's like almost a nothingness happening between those two people. And you can be mm-hmm. codependent with someone and not with another, by the way. So just, you got to watch your certain relationships. Um, although usually you have the tendency to mm-hmm. <laughs> there, but where intimacy is, intimacy is I am giving um, because I, because with me and this person, if we're not fully seeing each other, um, it's noticed. Mm. Like the other person will say, come and share with me. I really want to understand what's going on. Mm. You know, and it's not from a place of caretaking. It's a place of revealing. Ooh, ooh, um, I like that. Right? And, yeah, yeah. And even, um, you know, I send out these intimate postcards where I'm using people's astrology and human design to write them things about themselves so they can just sit in contemplation, ask themselves if it's true. They can have that refocus on themselves to come back to uh, intimacy over codependency so much of the path is i need to know myself Mm. because i've been guessing what everybody else is Mm. and if you're in codependent mode you really feel like you know the other person and what they need and what someone once told me too is is that Codependency is like trekking through the forest off your path to stop somebody on theirs and redirect them to yours so that they have to trek through the forest to yours. And then when they realize it's not their path, now they have to trek all the way back to theirs. Did you do that person a favor Mm. by assuming what you knew was next for them? Usually, like, it's such a powerful powerful image because somebody going through something like I had to have certain experiences I never would have left my partner if I didn't have my polyamorism because it woke me up you know Mm. the story there is he didn't actually come to see me I was about a day's drive away I was on holiday you know my parents came and my partner did not and it took six months and I knew I was gonna leave like the moment I was out of the hospital but it took me that long to, I had to take care of myself first mm-hmm. um, and then deal with the relationship second. And so <laughs> all of this to say, if, if I had not had that experience, if someone had kept me out of that, um, then I wouldn't have the life I have right now. And it's yeah. not that everything happens for a reason. It's that there's a path 
and the path builds on itself and we have a past and we have a present and you can't take someone off that it's not your job yeah like that's far too much power you think you have and codependency really is i think i know what's best here for you Mm. without asking you without Mm. getting your permission without trusting you yourself um and intimacy is a trust right yeah it's saying like you said it's there with me yeah and i'll trust you even if i'm not happy if i'm like oh Mm. I'm going to have effects from this, but this is what you need right now because you've told me it's what you need right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also being able to reveal how I feel about that and reveal what I'm going to do about it if I need to even do anything at all, which often we don't. We need to just let things happen. (laughs) So. You, I know that was a lot. Yeah. No, no, no. It was it was really good because I think the the clarity in the imagery that you gave and the examples that you gave is is just um it just it nailed it for me um into understanding th- this experience. So we've kind of danced around this um topic of your um embolism. So do you do you want to share a little bit about yeah. that as well? Yes, I could share about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have this long medical history, but um, the short version is I had, because a few things led up to it. A pul- so a pulmonary embolism is pretty much a blood clot um, that starts somewhere, usually like a leg or mm-hmm. an appendage or something. And it dislodges from, you know, artery mm-hmm. and it moves up. And mine went through my heart and got stuck in my lungs. Mm. Um, And so I couldn't really, like, if I was still, I could breathe. Um, But the moment I started moving, even like 10 steps, I was doubled over as if I just sprinted all out, you know, away from a wild animal. Like I was bent over, couldn't breathe, heart pounding out of my chest. So obviously something was wrong. Um... And I had been on a road trip. I actually came, I drove from where I lit, was living to where I'm living now, actually. I moved here um, and I was camping here on holiday because it's one of my favorite places in British Columbia. And um, so it actually happened then. While I was on the road, I started feeling something and then um, kind of set up my camp for the night with this feeling that something's really wrong and ended up... Um, you know, driving myself to the hospital the next day, which everyone was like, why did you do that? Um, But it was, I was hyper independent for my family, right? Like, I was like, I do it. (laughs) That's like codependency. Like, I don't (laughs) need anybody else. Everybody needs me. Um, So obviously, I can take care of myself and um, really hyper independent. And so what led to this is I had broken my ankle in college. I had like a plate in there, you know, all, all the stuff. Mm-hmm. A few years later, it was bugging me as about five, six years later. Uh, you know, I was really working out hard and doing things with my body and it was just giving me a lot of pain. So they said, you know, let's take it out. Your ankle, ankle is healed. We'll take the plate, the pins out. They're bugging you. You don't want to leave them in too long, you know, because it, then it's harder to yeah. remove. And so they did and ended up having an infection at the incision site um, and had a very large wound for about a year and a half. 
Um, Maybe even a bit longer because I'm probably under-exaggerating. It's probably like um, almost two years, almost. By the time it closed up, they were having a lot of issues with it. And it didn't want to heal. And it's on the ankle, uh, which is not a great spot anyways for good you know, wound healing. So, so I was, I was sedentary, you know, I was at home and I was trying to work sometimes and then had to be at home others and was in a lot of pain. And, you know, my body was changing. So, so sedentary. Um, my relationship was suffering. Yeah. So I went on this holiday by myself and it healed up. I was really excited and this happened and, and that's, you know, sedentary lifestyle, uh, as a female being on the pill, which cannot help with blood clots. So mm-hmm. now I don't alter my hormones in any way. Um, yeah. So I'm a big, I don't push, but I'm a big advocate for you shouldn't be changing your body chemistry um, mm. in order to avoid, you know, like there are other things we can be doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I had that experience. So here I am, dr- I drove myself to the hospital. Um, I could barely get in the door. I was almost collapsed by the time I walked into the emerge door because it was so hard for me. So wow. they whisked me in. Um, and it was one of those moments where like, you're not, you're almost not in panic because you're just in freeze mode. You're just kind of like, okay, <laughs> like I'm just telling, yeah. you know, people are telling me what to do. And they, they literally just like ripped off all my clothes right there and emerge and put me in a bed and, you know, IVs and oxygen and um, within like 10, 15 minutes of me being there and uh, had really, really low oxygen in my blood at that point. And, you know, doing lots of rolled me out for CT scans and, and heart tests. And I don't even remember everything that they put yeah, me through. Whirlwind. Whirlwind. And the doctor, thank goodness, was just like, he, he already like Harry felt like he knew what it was. And so he had mm-hmm. given me blood thinners before he even sent me for the test. It's like, I'm, I'm almost sure this is it. And you mm-hmm. like, you need the blood thinner because uh, the clot gets stuck. And so it'll, you know, slowly work right. away and, and make that clot disappear. And so, yes, I had, I had like a huge um, blood clot in my lung. So it had actually passed right through my heart. Thank goodness. Wow. Um, and, but it had lodged in my, so that's, my heart was pounding because I wasn't getting enough oxygen in my blood. Yeah. So I was trying to, my heart was trying to save me, which like for a long time, like even that phrase, that's the first time I've said that phrase, like being down here has been really healing for me because I used to say my body mm-hmm. tried to kill me. And now I say my heart was trying to save wow. me. And as anybody who has had any kind of. Um, yeah body part yeah yeah yeah. you know in that that it it it's really hard to feel that way it is yeah yeah so being down here living here for the last year or two I've had to um drive the same routes like the first time I was driving through again which I didn't come back for years I was actually coming up from the states and and drove through I just cried the whole way like the whole half an hour on my drive to this town, mm. because it's just, um, it was just bringing everything back. And so I've had a lot of moments. I've been 
to the hospital again here, so, you know, because yeah. it's hard to get doctors. So sometimes you had to go <laughs> for little things and yeah, it, it's been hard and it's been healing. And um, like I said, that woke me up um, because I had to stay in the hospital for five days. Um, my parents came down and my partner did not, um, mm. could not. You know, this is the thing, created a dynamic where someone doesn't know how to deal with an emergency because you have been doing it for them. For them. And didn't mm -hmm. know how to even, you know, rent a car or whatever you needed to do to get here. And um, for me, that was just, that was it. You know, the, mm -hmm. the trust was gone. And I was so much a part of that dynamic that he didn't really needed to show up for me. Mm -hmm. uh, you, even when you it have was, everything you know, managed, you have it all under control. And, and in that way, like, didn't I just create this, a relationship mm -hmm. where someone doesn't show up for me because they know I don't need them because I do it all. Mm -hmm. Was that an awareness you, you knew at that moment, at, at that time frame versus like looking back and seeing it? Absolutely not. I don't, I don't think we get these, I don't think we get that kind of hindsight. Like mm -hmm. we, we really want clarity, but we get it far after the fact. I yeah, just yeah. lived through it. Yeah. I knew it as a, as a feeling almost like at the time, almost like a dread, mm. you know? And I think that's how, I think that's how we get spoken to in the moment. Mm -hmm. Clarity is a buzzword i've mm -hmm. honestly never had as much clarity as six months out a year out five years out <laughs> i never like i never have yeah. that much clarity in the moment right but i always have feelings and i always have intuitions and i always have a lived experience going on and i think again why i send people postcards that feel intimate but are about them. It's not me writing about me. It's me writing about you is because the more you get to know yourself day to day and, and you can just feel your emotions or your intuition, like that's your lived experience. That's what's going to get you through knowing, having a clear picture, having clarity. It's, and I don't mean to like, this is my own experience, it, it's actually almost a detriment to me because it almost feels like codependency with myself. I know what's good for mm. me in the future. I know it's coming. I'm going to create gotcha. this. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't even know what's going to go on for you in two months. I could mm. never have guessed that was going to go on. And so I think sometimes our clarity in some of the wellness spaces um, becomes more like codependency with ourselves. Um, wow. We're, we're really trying wow. to visualize our own futures. That's okay if we're willing to let go and let it look different as it comes mm -hmm. and just have this real like, I really feel like this is me. And like that continuous check in of, okay, but the pictures changed. Oh, okay. You know, that's mm -hmm. okay. If it's like it has to look like this, this is my vision, nothing outside, you might be missing out. On like yeah. an even bigger life experience, or the ability to just be present in the now, um, like you, the way that you describe that, is a very um, 
we need goals ahead of us. We, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. things that we we aim towards and aspirations, that sort of thing. Sorry. But in the in the wrong balance, um, becoming something where we we live into that mm. rather than in in the moment in the present. Which, if I'm hearing you right, that's where the beauty of the intimacy happens mm. is in this present experience of me now of others now um and that um yeah that's just i i love the way that the word usage that you you have around all of this um it's really challenging me to like you said a buzzword it's a mm-hmm. it, it, you know we i I often want clarity. This is uh, like we a, all want a, clarity, yeah, right? Certainty right? is like, woo, wouldn't that woo, be nice? <laughs> give me some of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but the 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 almost like the magic happens in the flow, um, and that's one thing that I've learned about you over these last six months has been um, that you're very willing to honor. Um, your uh, your life process with your businesses, with mm-hmm. how you navigate life as a flow um, mm-hmm. versus this hardcore destination, like let's get all these things lined up, um, that, that certainty, that clarity, and being willing to say that this experience of intimacy matters enough to me that I'm okay. I'm not just okay. I thrive in the flow of it. Mm-hmm. Does that just, des- have I described you right? Um, yeah. And in fact, um, like you're so perceptive in the way you um, rephrase things or mirror things, I guess you can say, uh, because it's so true. And you just unlock even more, I think. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, you said something, that like there there's almost like magic in that and you know one one theme that has driven me is um like the magic of the ordinary like we're all looking for this mm. you know big thing yeah, yeah. The, this big wash of clarity or this big um manifesting kind of you know vibe and the truth is is that if like it you just live in the moment and and when you can be so in the ordinary that it's magic almost to you. like how is this Ugh. how is this coffee even smelling this way today like that yeah. you can't get that when you're in the future you, do, you can't access that yeah. when you're manifesting tomorrow next year when you're trying to get clear on exactly what your lesson is right now well guess what you won't (laughs) probably for (laughs) for a good few years and then you know it'll become even clearer over time Mm -hmm. I'm sure what I'm experienced I'm sure what I experienced at 28 will become even more clear at 40 or 50 Mm -hmm. than it is even to me right now but um yes the flow of life the rhythm you know it's I don't want to say it takes a lot because it actually takes a lot less and that's what's hard. And I think that <laughs> brings us all the yeah. way back to yeah. like there's this energy expansion to just of wanting all those things that are almost impossible as a human to have. 
Like yeah. you're extending so much of your precious energy. I say like your, your mental energy is your body energy. So if you're using a lot of mental energy and you're tired, that's because your brain is part of your body. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. and we're, we're using our brain and, and we're trying to use our whole body to project ourselves into the future. Um, codependency is the same because we're often thinking about the result of the nice thing we're doing. Mm-hmm. Or like, I have to do this because I want my partner to have this result in life or us mm-hmm. to have this result in life. Um, and we're so exhausted. We're so tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and flow doesn't feel like that. Flow feels like walking out into a lake and bringing your feet up and laying your you're laying down and finally that last moment of oh i'm also going to put my head back if you've ever mm. floated somewhere and you know that feeling of floating with your body but your head's up like you're trying to look around in your mm. necks and that final feeling where your ears like disappear into the water and you finally let your head lay all the way back and your head becomes weightless too mm-hmm. now you're in flow if that's what mm-hmm. it feels like to move through your day where you're like, I'm finally letting my head lay back and, and really just trust, like that's the ordinary magic mm-hmm. is like, hmm, yeah. And I can just like follow this flow and this float and I can trust it. And that doesn't mean I won't hit rapids. And I might have to put my head up and I might have to put my body up sometimes, to ride through it but I don't really have as much control here as I think mm-hmm. um but that was never my job in the first place I was supposed to be living yeah you know always supposed to be living and so I think I think there's so much um magic whatever you want if it's magic if it's presence if it's spirit if it's trust you know whatever it is for you that that feeling is um yeah that's how I've been trying to live it's it doesn't always feel like that I mean it's it's a work yeah, in progress yeah I don't want to call it work because it's the opposite of work it's actually the relax um and relaxing is hard sometimes <laughs> so it it is mm-hmm. the the word that comes to mind in your description there is intention and mm-hmm. that um that to to trust, to float. I love that. I love that um, imagery. I'm going to view this very differently now and to, to take um, an idea and a practice in life and move it to a feeling that float mm-hmm. is a really great way to do that. And there's a, there's a submission that happens mm-hmm. um, to putting your head back and to letting yourself become connected with the water, with the experience, with the life, with whatever that that is, and move with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can we can keep trying to do that thing that is a little bit natural for us and say, I still got to keep my head up. I got to be make sure I'm not <laughs> drowning. I've got to make sure I'm okay. I yes. can see everything, right? Yeah. And and we actually create a resistance of ourselves mm-hmm. within the flow of that water and. Um, so I love that imagery that um, because it's still an intentional choice 
for me mm-hmm. um, to lay my head back and to, to choose um, uh, flow. Um, uh, so yeah, that was that one I'm going to be sitting on today. I'm going to be uh-huh. uh, uh, looking for that experience and looking for that feeling as I go. Um, you've mm-hmm. also put a lot of things in um, uh, uh, into your uh, world, interest, education, um, different things that um, build a very um, strong uh I guess you could say offering was part of your um, business and part mm-hmm. of what you do, but it, it seems to be also just part of what you enjoy um, mm-hmm. to understand human um, deeper. Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned a couple of things, um, human design, yeah. um, your tarot, and I'd love for you to just share what what those pieces play into your life now, um, business, personal all, you know, all of it. I know it's not disconnected. It's, it's all <laughs> yeah, part of one so beautiful package, but, mm-hmm. um, but it, it is fascinating to me because human design is something I am, it's a little bit of a buzzword for me because I know several people oh, who absolutely. talk about this, but mm-hmm. I don't know much about it. Um, you've, uh, you've piqued my interest and in a couple other people uh, around, um, tarot and what this is. I come from a, um, a spiritual background that says this was something that mm-hmm. I shouldn't know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so I am very intrigued to understand it in its, in its proper space. And, um, but also why are these, why are these things um, a value to you and, mm. and you brought into your flow? Yeah. Well, thank you for asking. Um, I think the thing is these things came to me when I was in flow um, so part of it is that, you know, that when I listened, when I laid back, when I let life mm-hmm. sort of maneuver me a little bit and, and trusting that I would find things along the way there, um, th- these things came to me. Um, and so I was, I was actually introduced to Terrell from a friend um, who was really into it. And at first I'm like, oh, you know, it was just cards, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> as you do uh, with some things and um, and he just kind of kept bringing them out and I loved it because it was a time where um, I had just come out of my relationship and I hadn't really made a lot of male friends Um, me being like a heterosexual I was just kind of like oh maybe I shouldn't have male friends you know you were again with the (laughs) assuming what your partner is comfortable with and molding to that um and so I was really intentionally you know trying to spend more time with men who were just friends um and so met this person became friends and he introduced me and I, I always love that story because if I had not been trying to practice what it felt like to just have men as friends. I would never have been introduced to tarot and these other things. So um, so that really started me. And so we just started playing and it was just a way to get to know each other, you know, because you talk about what the card's supposed to mean from the book and it brings up stuff for you. And it's a really neutral way for someone to respond, especially to people, uh, I don't want to speak for him, but for me who you know, it's a little harder to get intimate. And so it gave us like a neutral thing to respond to instead of each other, right? Because it, it mm. feels so much right. more um, 
risky to respond to something someone else has said than to respond to an idea from a card. And mm. so it was a way for us to get deeper with each other without actually having to ask, which might feel very vulnerable. And then, you know, the relationship improved over time because, you know, then you're connecting beyond mm. cards. And so I always love that process. And if anyone I've ever done tarot with, I feel more intimate with them. And I think they feel more intimate with me. Um, and it depends on what level intimate doesn't have to mean best friends for life. Um, it doesn't even have to mean we're anything other than a tarot reader and a client, but it means during that time there was intimacy Mm. and we don't have to hold on to the person to hold on to the intimacy that happened. And I think we really mistake that, especially with people we hire is like, you hold on to the person, but it was the intimacy created between you that you get to hold on to when you leave this. Mm. Um, Mm. Not, not necessarily the person, although you might. Um, if you're friends, but you know, you create that, but (laughs) um, so I really love tarot for that. And there is, there's a lot of, um, I've definitely had a person reach out when I was doing tarot more often and talk to me about, um, you know, his beliefs on, you know, entities in the world that were evil. Mm -hmm. And I just had to say, I, you know, I'm not sure why you're sharing your beliefs with me. (laughs) um that's cool um thank you (laughs) you know bye um because the thing is i truly i truly believe that the cards are paper with pictures Mm. and it's our intention when we come to it and our energy it Mm. brings something up for us Mm. You know, a card is just a card with a picture. There might be a book with it that tells you some stuff. The same way you look at Instagram and see something that magically appears on a little screen (laughs) in your head. And you relate to it. Mm. And you can relate to every single post that goes across your feed, just like you can relate to every single tarot card that comes up on the table. And the point, the reason I love to co-create and have someone with me is that you know, I ask them what's coming up for them. And that, mm-hmm. that that's the message. It's not, I will talk about this. Like if it's, I do recordings most often. So not with another person, but they've asked me questions and told me things. And then mm-hmm. I, I film myself and I always say, whatever you hear me say, pay attention to what's coming up for you around it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what I say. So in that way, it's like I am speaking as intuitively as I can about the cards in front of me from what you've said, and I have a good gift for that. Mm. But the true message is what's coming up for you in your head. Mm. So if you're listening to me and ignoring what's going on inside of you, we've lost something in that process. You know, And you're just listening to me and you're not checking in with yourself. And so I think everything, tarot, astrology, human design, is about I heard this what's going on in here because of it what did I relate to what can that show me about myself did I hate it Mm. you know did I love it did I feel this way about it or that way did it make me think of this situation or did it make me think of that situation and so it's like you're able to start contemplating what's truly going on within you because of how you're responding to these things Mm -hmm. 
And um, I think there's, again, that ordinary magic. And I think it's a way to come back in. And, And if you're codependent, you know, and if you're trying to get out, you know how, like, it's about refocusing on you. Mm-hmm. That you have to refocus on you. And the next step, once you are comfortable doing that, is to then step into intimacy, which is I still sacrifice. I still give that precious thing into the unknown. But now I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And now I have the ability to check in and make sure it's actually something precious of mine to give and not Mm. something precious. I think they want me to give. Mm. Um, And when you start doing that, you realize you could do a lot less and share a lot more. It sounds to me like it's an opportunity to take a pause and to, to see myself. Mm. Thank you. You see, you do that so well. (laughs) Um, marrying so so succinctly well i i think about how how we just go we just we just move through life we do the next thing Mm. um uh and we we often work really hard at compartmentalizing this is this Mm. is my my work life this is my family life this is you know all these spaces of ourselves and this sounds like an opportunity to sit in a moment to pause all of that in a sense, to allow all of those things to connect inside of me and to say, hey, Jess, I see you. I see something you're saying. I see something you're feeling. Um, I might not understand it right now, but this moment created an opportunity for me to see myself. And that sounds really beautiful. That sounds like something that I want to spend more time doing, taking right? those pauses and coming into a space and saying, Jess, who are you right now? What mm-hmm. do you see? What do you feel? What do you, what do you experience? Um, yes. So yeah, and that sounds wonderful. If I can extend the imagery of what you're saying, mm-hmm. which I mean, you just know where I head because I talk a lot about home and the feeling of home is really mm-hmm. intrinsic. Um But when we think about that codependency, and if you think back to what I shared about taking someone else off their path, you know, going to meet them on theirs sometimes and trying to divert, you know, I find a lot of people use the word lost Hmm. when they talk about how they feel, when they're in deep codependency, when they're just forgetting themselves and if you take that imagery of like trekking through the forest of someone else's trail, like, of course you're lost. <laughs> right. Right. Of course you're lost. You know, you've been trying to meet all these people. Now imagine you don't just have one person in your life. You do it with, because I mean, usually there's yeah. more than one. Yeah. Imagine there's 25 and each day you're trying to track to each one as you go. You don't even know where your trail is anymore. Right. You don't even know where you're trying to take people anymore. You're just saying, I don't trust your path for you. Come follow me through the woods. I'm lost. Um, and so these little things that we can create, like you said, pauses around. You know, a tarot card comes up and we ask, what do I see? Him? 
and how much that tells you about where you're at today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, seeing something about an astrology sign or human design and going, oh, I see that here in my life. Mm-hmm. And all those are like little steps back to your own trail, right? It's like, ooh, all of a sudden, it, it, it's like a point on a compass. And I know to step in this direction. And um, I mean, that's kind of the whole work is to get back to your own trail, let everybody else have theirs. Um, <laughs> and trust yeah. that like, you know, you'll meet them at the crossroads, of course, if they're close yeah. they're if they're close, your paths are just intertwined. Anyways, I know people can't see me, yeah. but it's like that back and forth. Mm-hmm. You're always crossing. You might even have people who have a trail that's literally two feet over and yeah. it's next to yours. And every once in a while, they might divert. Mm-hmm. And you might not see them for a second and they're back. Like, But what if we could celebrate that mm-hmm. diversion, celebrate the moments where the paths crossed, celebrate when somebody um, takes a new direction. And I mean, it, rather than that it, that feeling like I need to get you back to mine, you know, but we could be far more, um, uh, I think when, when we come to appreciate the, the path that we're on, we have that, mm-hmm. that, um, I guess, uh, intimacy with our own path. Mm-hmm. We tend to then value then that somebody else needs to have that with theirs. Yes. And it's such an honoring, um, space then um another thing i know about you and you've tapped on this just a little bit as we've talked is um is poetry is mm-hmm. something um your soul does and um to such a point you've you've created a couple of books poetry books mm-hmm. and um you're now doing I, I want you to talk a little bit about your postcards yes. thing because i am mm-hmm. i'm so in love <laughs> with this project that you're doing um and i think everybody needs to do this with you although i know you have a, a max <laughs> as to what you that's can okay take we're, on, but. we're not close to max <laughs> but um but i i just think this is such a, a beautiful um uh outpouring of your soul mm-hmm. um a beautiful um space so so why poetry what what why is this your soul speak and um what explain what it has created for you why poetry it just happens it Mm. just happens um you know the thing that comes to you naturally and it's funny because I didn't come back to poetry until like after I left my last partner there at 29 and um, a friend of mine had actually posted poetry to their Facebook that they had written. And um, it was, it was uh, a man. And in the comments, some of his friends were teasing him about posting it. But for me, I was like, oh, my goodness, I've forgotten. And it brought me back. And um, what I remembered was uh, that's all I used to do in college was sit in my dorm room mm. about stuff because I didn't know how to communicate to people you know you're like mm. you don't know you're like oh no I'm not gonna tell people that like <laughs> you know that's, uh you know you're really worried about fitting in or being judged and things and so I'd sit and I would write poetry in my room all the time about me about other people you know just like whatever yeah. it was and yeah. even to this day when I write what I'm feeling in poetry it feels 
more clear than when it's inside me. Mm. And I kind of write two types of poetry. I either write really meandering, long emotional, like emotions or thoughts, or I sum it all up and try to write it in a single sentence. <laughs> um, I'm kind of like one or the other. I want it to be either really clear or I want it to be really felt. Um, mm. Because I think people who are codependent, it needs to be so clear for us when we're like waking up. Yeah. It needs to be so clear. And sometimes we need that um, that little phrase I was talking about that you can say again and bring you back. And so for me, poetry is my form of intimacy in the world. And um, I'm working slowly with intention to expand that out and let that be part of how I express myself through words, how I share my stories with the people around me. Um, with poetry being something I can always come back to when that feels hard um, or unavailable to me that day. And so I'm definitely someone who will be sitting somewhere and open my phone to my notes and be writing. And somebody will try talking. I'm just like, just hold on. I'm just like, I'm writing a little <laughs> poem. Um, and that's my process. I, I'm not as good just sitting down and writing. Um, but I will just see something or exper be experiencing something. And even in the throes of some of my, you know, those, those really funky down emotions, I call them funky emotions. Mm. Uh, you know, you're just uh, like poetry will ease. It, it's like a balloon releasing. I mean, it just mm. eases the pressure if I can start getting it out um, that way. And it's so clear how I feel when it, when it's on the page. Um, so it, it's really a way to know myself and that then I just share it. Um, I just share it with the world and, continue I realize I have a lot of poetry from the last few years I wrote my first book when I was being supported um, by a coach uh, it's called in the season and it really let me process my breakup after my pulmonary embolism and then what I went through afterwards coming through it you know dating new people finding myself in that process mm. and then coming to even deeper healing and support. So um, that's available on Amazon paperback and Kindle. And then my postcards now um, I've really combined a little bit of the art. I love, I love um, Warshak kind of art. And so I do my own version of that um, and I have a subscription service. So the gist of it is, is I take people, whoever signed up, so it's a monthly subscription for a year, um, and then you can renew if you're already on the mm. list, if I end up getting full. And uh, every month you get a new postcard with a new art design on it, so you can hang it or use it for art. Mm. And on the back, I have taken your human design and astrology, so that's the gates in human design, and you don't need to really worry about that if you're not in the know, mm -hmm. but it is like a mashup of your human design and astrology chart. And I write to you every month about things that are supposed to be, according to these typologies, you, or supposed to be your gifts or your strength or how you can best express yourself. Just all these things that we get from these personality typologies 
And then you can sit back and go, how, how do I see this in myself? Or do I even want this to be true? Because I had to let go that everybody will think it's true. And in mm-hmm. fact, embrace that it's a contem- I'm sending people something to contemplate. And mm-hmm. you'll get just as much out of it if you're honest with yourself that it doesn't feel right for you as if, mm-hmm. if you did. And so it's this, again, I love what you said about the pause. It's this moment in the month. One, it's, we all love getting mail. I love getting mail. Mm. I don't get enough real mail. mail. Real, real mail. Real mail. <laughs> real mail that you can touch, right? And I write them myself, like pen and paper, mistakes and all, right? You're getting this from me to you. So it's that, especially after COVID and the isolation yeah. people have felt and the lack of intimacy, um, even on basic levels, mm-hmm. people have felt it's this idea that there's somebody else in the world who's sitting down at their coffee table and they're writing to you and they're writing something encouraging and they're writing so that you can, you know, see yourself mm-hmm. and they, you know, it's that care and that intimacy. And it's a way for me to play with both my codependency and my intimacy because I can yeah, I really want this person to, you know, um, be all they can be. That's a little bit, but it's like, I'm doing it in a way that is a release of it. The moment I'm done writing, it's like, I really am only thinking of you in the second, Mm. which is beautiful. You need that in intimacy. You have to have that moment when the other person's being intimate, where you forget yourself, you have to forget yourself sometimes. And so like, that's a whole other thing, but it's just like, you have, <laughs> you have to be at the point where you can forget yourself and come back and nothing's gone wrong. Yeah. Um, but um, so that's what I do. I sit down and I write these and I send them once a month. So they arrive at all different times all over the world. Um, I have people in Germany. I have people in the States, Canada signed up so far. It's really exciting. Obviously, there's going to be a limit because I write these all myself and I'm yeah. creating the poetry as I go. Um, eventually I'll have a stockpile, but um, depending on people's, you know, that might overlap, but I'm writing it all personally and um, yeah, I'm just enjoying it. It's so intimate to just sit down and write someone a letter, a postcard really. Um, So it's not, you know, it's not a novel. It really is something succinct and, and um, yeah, it's just beautiful. I'm loving it. And I have to chuckle because I'm like, what if my life became that I was someone who made a living sending people postcards? How beautiful uh, would that be? How amusing is yeah. that if that could happen? And and of course, always collecting more of my poetry because I think I at least have like three to four books in my note, Google. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's well, what is it, that service, that offering I have. Uh, I just, I think it's just a, a most beautiful experience. It's a to subscribe to something like that would be a beautiful um, um, act of, you know, mm-hmm. self-love, self-care to yes. give yourself this every month. And and um, you get art. And you get <laughs> art well. and just uh, a pause. You get to pause. And one of the beautiful things I think about this project is that uh, over the last six months, I've been watching mm. you um, – unfold this mm-hmm. like as an as an idea and just continue uh to work th- in the flow of what was coming for you responding to your intuition responding to um 
to what your soul loves to do mm-hmm. and creating something um, out of that and out of a desire uh, for more intimacy in the world. Yes. And this is what you birthed. And I think it's um, incredibly um, beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to put all the info in the show notes <laughs> because I, I want people to be able to contact you about mm-hmm. this. Um, your Instagram is a beautiful space of you releasing mm-hmm. um, much of what your um, soul speaks um, in in the moment and in, yes. um, yeah. in the world. And mm-hmm. um, I I share lots of those um, because I am constantly just like wow okay that you know and <laughs> yeah um so i to to follow you is just um um it's nourishing mm-hmm. um so i'm gonna put all of that information yeah. in there because i want people to be able to reach out to you and um, i have um i have so i have my personal one that you're talking about jenna dale mm-hmm. which is really just what i'm writing day to day more. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will reshare stuff that people love so they can share it again. Um, but I also have another one called in this season and that is just my book. So I, I'm not really, I'm not really there in terms of like, I'm not sharing about my personal life. I'm not showing up right. as me per se in that space. Cause I have a space for that. Um, but if you're curious about what's in my book, I share poetry from my book there. Beautiful as well. Just, I know that's like a little known thing, but it's nice to have that space to just honor that project. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so out there. Well, I am, I am filled up from this conversation (laughs) with you today. Um, I am, I'm challenged. I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen again and again because I, you have just such. uh, There's some really strong morsels in there that I'm, I. I want to I want to write down some f- mm. some things that you said that were just like that's an anchor I want to you know mm. hook in my life and yes. um, so thank you for that thank you for sharing thank you for the vulnerability of your story mm-hmm. um, and for um, giving us a gift of knowing who you are a little bit deeper mm-hmm. but also um, an opportunity to share in continued. Um, gifts of your soul. So mm-hmm. your your postcards, your um, uh, business in and of itself, because it's a beautiful business. Um, so thank you for all of that. I am I feel honored to know you and honored <laughs> to have worked the last six months with you. Um, and our group is coming to an end here very mm-hmm. soon, and it makes me sad, but. <laughs> Um, but I've, I, we have all created some really beautiful things in this yes. container. And, mm-hmm. um, so I, yeah. And Meg's Colleen will be running that again, um, mm-hmm. soon in the future for other Meg people. Is, so yeah. May, Meg's energy is just so good. Uh, oh for me, it's energetic. Like the moment I signed up, uh, there's just those people for me, like, I don't always even need them to be there all the time, but just having yeah. them there is. Yeah. Is like a and when you do, grounding. when you do have her time, like in this container, it's, yeah. it's powerful. It really and is. so, um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'll probably, I'll plug her in the future too. Yeah. Cause her mastermind is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But um, so thank you for today. Yes. And um, thank you too. And thank you for being so um, 
I love your curiosity in the world of people. Um, <laughs> I just love that so much. And also, I think I just want to be like, you're, you have so much strength in mirroring. There's so much, like, mm. I think that's why I love coming together with you more and more in spaces and listening to you because they're, the way you see things so clearly, the way you, like, in a lot of ways, you're like that poet side of me that, like, all of a sudden I can see the clarity piece, mm. you know, the, the succinct, and that's really your, I really see that, um, I loved listening to the way you heard my story and then we're like, this is what I heard because I know you're coaching. <laughs> you have that in your, in your toolbox. And, um, but yeah, I just love that because there, it was very fun for me too, to hear oh, what you heard. It's so powerful. Well, I, mm -hmm. I am profoundly impacted by the stories that get shared on my podcast because mm -hmm. they're not my story, but I find how much I connect with people through this process of um, sharing story with each other and opening up um, those spaces of ourselves that say, this is a bit of why I am who I am and how I navigate mm -hmm. the world. And that's... Um, um, you, you talk about int intimacy, and I've often used the word connection. And it's that that little moment, that little space where we get to connect and we get to be um, in this moment. I see you, you see me, and mm -hmm. um, and it's good. And there's a little spark of magic, and we get to yes. we get to move forward. Going, I connected with a human on a level that I wouldn't have if I hadn't had this moment of sharing story. So I know um, I think it, it's very funny just being in space with you in the mastermind and going like, I really try to live and work through intimacy and you just can really hold the space for it to happen. Like, oh. it's like, I have to work to do that sacrifice, that revealing of something precious that is mine in a way that's, honors myself and doesn't forget myself and yet you're here you are on this podcast just holding a container where it can just happen so safely mm. not safely because safe you know it was it's public but yeah. it, it's public <laughs> but you know it's just like it it like almost is like a call forward in the space of mm. like calling intimacy into a space is very cool oh i like mm -hmm. that i like that yes. description so yeah oh okay i'm gonna go throughout my day <laughs> yes. with all the good feels <laughs> me too me too thank you so, so much for having me yeah okay mm -hmm. well i will give all the peoples all the info on you and let's just uh send postcards to the world Yay. i think that's just amazing yes. so okay thank okay. you Thank you for listening, and may you keep connecting all the beautiful parts of you.